Hi there. My name is Joseph Byers, and I'm recording this new podcast called Graymore. Graymore is set in a fictitious college town area that has some weird stuff going on. If you like listening to Graymore, you can like the page on Facebook at Graymore Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Graymore Podcast. And hopefully we're going to do this to where we can have a new episode every uh, two weeks or so, but like it's in the way. And I just wanted to make sure that um, I reach out to my audience base and make sure that everything's all right and that y'all are having a good time and I'm having a good time because that's what podcasting is all about. If you have suggestions for what can make Gray more better, want to throw in some suggestions about the characters, chat about the fan base, uh, you can get a hold of me. I am Joseph Byers. Um, my Twitter at is at werewoodtree65. And also my email is josrbyers at gmail.com. So give us some feedback. Let us know what you think it's like. And if you want to be a voice or have someone that you think would be awesome for voices on the podcast, um, throw us a message and we'll do some auditions. And now I hope you enjoy the new podcast by Joseph Byers called Graymore. I hoofed it back to the chapel for a respite to escape what was coming after me. It didn't seem quite possible that this was happening. They didn't teach you these things in undergrad, but I guess I'm learning that they're always accepting admissions at Graymore. I locked in my slot at Graymore after attending undergraduate studies at Billings University. Billings was a small Christian college. It hurt my nihilism at times, but I honestly enjoyed what it could offer. It was a well-rounded university and centered itself around a holistic personhood. It couldn't withstand my nihilism and vice versa, but I still believed on a certain level. I studied criminal justice and restorative justice specifically at Billings. We were brought up in it from day one, but it did not train me for this. It, it couldn't train me for Graymore. Graduating while working in a third shift factory job, I was used to the hubbub about consuming mass quantities of caffeine and lack of sleep. Most of the time this worked for me, but I did not experience the after effects like most others do. That was why during a late night, early morning rush, I lost it. I lost my grip on the sensibilities of the job and I lost my cool. After some stiff arguments, it was then I decided to try something not as stressful. So I picked up the newspaper and browsed the help wanted section. Plumbers, electricians, misdirected paralegals, and trash persons, I felt disproportionately askew and undermined. What was the most non-cop thing you could pick in a help wanted section with a background in criminal justice? It popped out after the second pass-through, and I immediately dug into it. Help wanted at Graymore College. Our little hamlet on the hill is looking for third shift help in criminal justice related field. I picked up the phone and dialed immediately. My revelry was interrupted by the chapel doors being pounded on by something outside followed by a gnarly hiss and scratching sounds. I took out a packet of open salt and threw it at the door. Some must have hit whatever it was on the other side because the agonizing hiss that followed was not what I expected. The entity ran away at that point, apparently too injured to care about what was inside. 
I closed my eyes and tried to distract myself by going back to the reason I was hired. Jeff Volrund escorted me into the ancient-looking room that particular day in the summer. He popped the chair out for me, and I sat. He, Rob Horn, a woman named Delilah, and Molly all sat down as well. Rob gruffly said hello and introduced the rest. I immediately tensed up. I didn't like interviews, and I always thought I did bad in the end. Jeff asked me about my military background, thoughts about inclusivity, and talking to people by name-specific pronouns. I felt that everyone had a right to be called what they wanted, and everyone belonged. It was something that the military vicariously instilled in me, that no matter what background you came from, everyone had the ability to believe in and dream the American dream. It had not died, it just changed over time. I thought to say the piece about the American dream, but decided against it. Jeff said they would call me later in the week to give me the final verdict. I noticed his hand slightly shake as he grabbed my resume, phone in the other hand. He looked serious as he left the room. Rob said it would be best to take a look around and grab a coffee. Say your perspective, he said. You look young enough. No matter how many times I would hear that, it never got old. I stood up in the chapel again, back in the present, and looked at my bloody arm. I walked over to the bathroom and loosely wrapped it in a paper towel. Base to Unit 13. I sighed at the response. Go ahead. I radioed in. There's a call from a student that Sigma Lodge needs you. Copy, I said. I could delay another five minutes. It took two to get up there. I grabbed the coffee at the Moon's Loft. It was the central hub for the students of Graymore. Looking around, some of the students noticed my folder, my new haircut, the way I carried myself. Painted stars climbed the ceiling of the coffee shop, depictions of rocket ships and a vibrant moon overlooking the sullen town of yesteryear. Definitely an old depiction, I pondered. The rest of the room was crammed but cozy. Modern furniture with the insignia of the college on the far wall, Students lining the shop, reading or chatting about their summer plans, an overall good and fairly well-mannered vibe. Then, this young student came up to me and asked who I was. Resin, I replied. Resin Kirkbride. I'm Juliana, part of the Psi Delta Phi sorority. Oh, okay. You're new here? Um, yeah, I guess you could say that. That's the most dope. She smiled wide. I caught something in her eye then. I, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess you could say it is. She batted her eyelashes. I kept falling in. Where will you live in the fall? Around me, a rushing in my ears. The noises intensified in the shop. It was as if I could hear everyone and everything at once. I started to fidget, panic. Sweat began to fall. Irish mocha frap? Thank you, Jesus, I thought. Th that's my drink. Sure. She giggled. See you in the fall, newbie. I smiled at the person behind the counter and left. My cup had the words newbie written on it. Oh, God, I thought. I already have a reputation. It occurred to me that this trip to Sigma Lodge would be the first time I went up there alone. I hated it. I kept my garlic clove deep in my pocket and my silver in the other. The salt and iron were in my lower cargo pockets. 
I had to rearrange for this trip. It was a brisk walk from the chapel in the south quad up to the north. The layout of the northern part of Graymore was different than the south. In the north, there were few academic buildings. The rest were dorms. The woods and winding paths between each were something of a bear when a Friday night party night hit. At night, you didn't know who or what was whispering about you in the woods while you walked along the path. Some say it was the Norse gods debating your fate, as if some kind of oracle was present. Others say that it was the demons of the nightshade house, the greenhouse that a lot of students hang out in. The paths wind up to the Willow Apartments, all of which are spaced out in an open field. To the southeast, the Oak Heart Hall, which houses approximately 300 first years. There was a service road that the main safety vehicle could use to get back in there if there were unregistered parties or emergencies. I prefer going on foot to take in the lonely nights walking around. I mulled this over as I proceeded through the woods to the east of Sigma Lodge. The whispers came again from the trees. I hit the line on my watch to see 0300 hours glaring back at me. Four hours to being safe, I thought. I turned down the newly paved road and saw Norse Hall looming overhead. Ah, oh, dear God, I muttered aloud. I walked up the steps to Sig Lodge and knocked on the door. Who dares disturb the Norse masters at their meeting? Resin Kirkbride, son of Wesley Kirkbride, denizen of Ireland in the Northern Realms. The door opened. Good afternoon and evening. This is your buddy Dylan Berger, coming from WGSO atop the Graymore Tower here at Graymore College with your news and updates. Today it seems that there is to be a new type of food served in the cafeteria. It's going to be called tofu. It's for the people who identify as vegetarian students. Another news recently, a professor has resigned from Graymore College. It seems to be that Mr. Alex Bullhard has resigned because of things going on with his family. We send prayers and consultations toward them. The weather tonight seems to be uh, overcast and moody. And other than that, we are preparing for the fall formal for all sororities and fraternities. My name is Dylan Derringer here from WGSO atop of the Graymore College Tower. We'll catch a latte up with you at the Moon's Loft and have a wonderful and pleasant evening. I stepped inside and saw the conglomeration of drunk Graymore students asleep. Brother, called a blonde 22-year-old with a cold beer in his hand. You've come to inspect our beer for the party tonight, yes? We requested you specifically. Listen, Thorn, I called. Just because I hide who you really are doesn't mean you can go requesting me like some peasant. Lightning shot past my head as I hit the floor. Gods, I love doing that, said Thorn. A fellow football player popped up behind his back. You two better behave, I said in a stern tone. Tom's not having it tonight. What's he going to do? Ron Locklear appeared behind him. Huh? Thor's demeanor changed entirely. I could just tell y'all... Well, nah, I could just tell Tom about y'all, I said, trying my hand. And then that'll be an interesting endeavor. 
Thorn redacted. Yeah, I, I changed my mind, Thorn said. Resin, we don't want to have a party tonight. I started back. Wait, what? You heard right. Locklear turned to me then and said, we have some news. As I picked myself off the floor, I shook my head. I'm still not convinced that I'm hearing you right because of that old brew over there, looking at the beer behind the counter. You, you don't understand what happened, Thorne said. We're not fooling this time. I rolled my eyes at Thorne. You two are not fooling this time? It's different this time, Locklear said with a sad expression. Let me back brief you about this. Locklear and I looked at Thorn and said, okay. Two weeks ago, one of our Sig brothers turned up missing. Why the hell didn't you just call me instead of pretending to do this yourself? I busted out. Because none of your co-workers know the law like you do. Fine, continue. I'll not interrupt, I said. Victor Hollingrad disappeared two weeks after first day's class, Thorn said and wiped his mouth on his football jersey after a burp. We think he's somewhere deep underground, in the old mines. Those haven't been around in Greymoor since I stopped and saw Thorne and Locklear staring at me. Sorry. He's he's down there. We gotta go after him, Locklear said in a serious tone. Any ideas where to gain access to the old mines, I offered? We know our dad's pasts that the best way to access them is through the nightshade house. I swallowed hard. Resin, Thorn said. Your dad knew how to get there and he was a mortal. You're just scared, I retorted, starting to get angry. How do I know this isn't a joke? You've pulled this crap on me before, if I do recall. Remember the Psy house? Thorn immediately went to shut it down. Twas but a mere... That was just a mere prank, Locklear stopped him. My mouth opened and raised an arm to support Locklear. Come on now, dude. I know you wanted to go on a raid. It was the chase, but this isn't 1300. I finished. You have to give me proof on this. And if a student is missing, I have to go tell Tom. We can't just have a moral loss in the hidden tunnels and not expect their family to be the slightest bit concerned. Thorne looked at his cousin inside. I gotta do this one by the book, Thorn. Scout it first, said Locklear. You, you can get the full information and call Tom. Assemble the team and look for Victor fully once you're done. I looked at Locklear and raised an eyebrow. You helped us last time with the Omicrons, said Thorn. We still owe you one. The Omicrons tried to bite you. It was pretty distasteful in any sense. This time we need you again. We're brothers bound by our dad's choices long ago, Locklear said. I sighed and looked at my palm. Yeah. You're Irish, though, not Norse, Thorne said. And not a student, Locklear said. Shut up, Vikings. I punched them in turn. Norse persons, said Thorne as we all laughed. I gripped their forearms and embraced and smiled. Resin Kirkbride, may your battles be drenched in blood and your beer cold. That's a really lame take of your dad's line. At least mine's not scared of snakes. I hate you. I walked out of Sig Lodge and my smile feigned. I realized my hand was shaking in fear. 
One of the perks to being a member of the Graymore College is their library and archives. I've dug through the archives before to uncover some things that explain what happened to me the first time I went to Nightshade. I had a hard time explaining to Jeff why I got the laceration on my arm. I lied by saying a student pulled me into the broken window, not what actually pulled me through the window. I shuddered it away, thinking to recall it another time while I gathered my wits again. This wasn't going to be one of those incidents where I almost died. I kept telling myself this as I walked up the hill towards Nightshade. As I was deep into my thoughts, I was startled by the radio call. GWW912 radio and chime check at 0400 hours. Oh, thank God, I thought. The wishing hour's gone. Unit 4. Unit 11. Unit 13. 20. There was a short pause where all of us were processing to make sure that base copied every single one of us. Copy that. Base clear at 0400 hours. Then, there was silence. Silence, I've found, creeps in on you in the worst ways. There's a good silence. The silence when you and a loved one finish having a deep conversation. And the last song at a show ends and you feel warm inside. And then there's the bad silence. The silence that lingers when you go to bed at night. And you wait patiently for something else to creak and groan in the wall. The silence after a funeral ends. When the priest puts down the book and everyone walks away. There's the bad silence when you feel so alone. After a long walk home from the bar. You know that feeling? Well, that was this feeling. This was a time of bad silence. My friends were hiding out in their warded lodge. I had salt, iron, and garlic, and silver to protect me. And I guess I had Jesus, too. Through the woods peeked out Nightshade Hall, swept in vines that dominated more than stone. The hall was more green than gray. I began my steps slowly and with care. I did not want to repeat last time. This time depended on so much more. If I didn't succeed, I wouldn't be answering just some simple questions. There'd be a lot of questions, or worse. I began to lightly crunch toward the moss-covered door. The moon glinted off of the glass dome of the rotunda. The panes bathed the plants in natural moonlight. I crept forward toward the door, slowly, succinctly, stepping. In the forest just then, an owl called to his family in the night, signaling my approach to the door. Timidly, I grabbed my key ring. Fear of making a sound was beyond trivial at this point. It was survival. Thirteen, where can I meet you? Called Tom over the radio, almost urgent. I silently prayed, hoping that this wasn't going to be the last time I heard anyone talk to me over the radio. Unit 13. I looked up into the pane of the door. Inside there was darkness. Nothing could be seen. I unlatched my keys from the carabiner on my belt, and they started to shake. Base to Unit 13, communication check. Shut up, I called out with my mind. I looked down at my keys. I heard the snap of a twig. I looked back into the pane and saw the white-eyed face looming into my own. 
sharp features, deep sullen eyes, pinpoint eyes set deep into the base of the skull, a slight opening of the mouth. It looked down at me and the mouth quivered. I lost all breath in that moment, too transfixed to look away. I turned around to make a dash, but it had already moved. The pinpoint eyes snapped too, again, and grabbed my arm. Yanking as hard as it could, the demon dropped me to its knees. The pinpoint pupils and tiny mouth opened and I saw the teeth and the fangs. Its blood-curdling scream wailed into the night as its lanky body and its claws dug into my arm, dragging me back into Nightshade Hall. No one could hear my screams. No one could hear my call on the radio because it had been ripped from my vest. As the door shut behind me, more appeared in from the outside, pinpoint eyes deep in their skulls, waiting for my next move. I had been ambushed at Nightshade Hall. And I didn't know if I was going to live. Graymore is written, produced, and mixed by Joseph Byers. Sound effects are also by Joseph Byers. The music tracks that you hear are not by Joseph Byers, but are loops on GarageBand. Check out more information about Graymore at Facebook using the at Graymore podcast and on Twitter with the at GraymoreCast. Any questions, feel free to email Joseph Byers at J-O-S-R-B-Y-E-R-S at gmail.com. Have a good day.